Good morning, everyone. Today is the 23rd of July, 2018, the 204th day of the year, with 161 days remaining. Tomorrow, 49 years ago, the Apollo 11 Command Module Columbia, with astronauts Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, and Buzz Aldrin aboard, splashed down at 11.49 a.m. Central Daylight Time, about 812 nautical miles southwest of Hawaii, and only 12 nautical miles from the USS Hornet. A few decades would pass before I would catch up with the Hornet, anchored at the old Alameda Naval Air Station in San Francisco Bay at the turn of the millennium. Neither the words random nor ordered made their way into my consciousness as I meandered around the Hornet that morning with an old friend from high school, who also was ever mindful of where he had been when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin first walked on the moon, and in no small way called into question any and all of mankind's notions of the universe. Tonight, to the south in our northern sky, the planet Saturn will be to the left, and the star Antares will be to the right of the waxing gibbous moon, which will be showing us its dark side, where the solidified remnants of ancient lunar seas of molten magma make this currently near side, or dark side, reflect less light than the far side. Today, in 1903, the Ford Motor Company sold its first automobile. Today, in 1962, Telstar, built by Bell Labs and owned by AT&T, relayed its first publicly transmitted transatlantic program, featuring newsman Walter Cronkite, who years later in an interview on PBS's All Things Considered, recalled the following. The technology was so new, neither continent, North America or Europe, had any sure way of knowing exactly what the other was seeing. In the last seconds before link-up, my only contact was with the AT&T ground station in Andover, Maine." Close quote. Ten years later, today in 1972, the United States would launch Landsat-1, the first Earth Resources Satellite commissioned by NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, which was launched with the express intent to study and monitor our planet's land masses. To perform the monitoring, Landsat-1 carried two instruments, a camera system built by the Radio Corporation of America, RCA, called the Return Beam Videocon, RBV, and the multispectral scanner, MSS, built by the Hughes Aircraft Company. Not so much land masses, but moving water, and moving on the water, attracted my attention this past Thursday evening during another get-together of the Orono paddlers on the Stillwater River in Orono. Various watercraft, surf skis, kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, and canoes on Thursday evenings in July and August engage in flatwater races to vie for bragging rights. The war canoes, able to accommodate ten paddlers each, are particular favorites, since even a novice paddler can enjoy the sensation of gliding along the water via the combined efforts of others in the boat. Often at these events, held on the river that borders the west edge of the University of Maine campus, a veritable United Nations of paddlers will gather, as international programs abound here during the summer months. We had sufficient folks to fill two war canoes, so the race was on. Shall we say our boat was not as competitively oriented as the other boat? Perhaps better said, some of us were into paddling like racers, and some of us were along for the ride, meaning by mid-course our war canoe was considerably behind the other war canoe. 
So we did what last-minute planners will resort to. We cheated and took a shortcut, maneuvering ourselves into a position well in front of the other boat. But our lead would be brief, as the other boat not only carried paddlers demonstrating superior technique, but also carried an extra one of them. In short, they outnumbered us. Our boat, nonetheless, had a couple of paddlers from India who were going to give it their all. One among them felt the time was at hand to get his crewmates in gear by conveying a sense of urgency. They're coming, he would yell, as if he were being chased and his life depended upon him and everyone else in the boat paddling feverishly. They're coming, he repeated dozens of times, punctuated by digging his paddle again and again into the river. India had made the news recently in the New York Times in an article by Somini Sengupta about the dangerous temperatures in New Delhi and other cities in India this summer, making survival of human beings increasingly difficult. They're coming, our paddler kept screaming, and I noticed the way that some of his previously lackadaisical teammates were actually contributing positively to the team's overall performance. And I thought about how basic his method of unification had been, and how often it had been used throughout history to, to design the us-and-them strongholds, to entrench one side against another, like our government's current immigration practices. Quote, they're coming, close quote, striking fear into the legal residents that the illegal aliens are about to invade, or they're coming as a signal from the illegal aliens from ICE is about to stage a roundup. Out on our patio is a clay pot with bee balm, also known as wild bergamot, or monarda didima, with bright red flowers that stand about three to four feet tall, making the perfect target for the hummingbirds frequenting our backyard from time to time. Somewhere between the leisurely pace of the river at about three to four knots and the speed of a satellite spinning about our planet at thousands of knots, the interplay of humankind and unkind in an ambivalent universe continually calls out forces to test us. A few days ago I was in the boat, but today I'm on the motorcycle. Novelist Herman Melville tells us that familiarity with danger makes a brave man brave, but less daring. More than a century after Melville, writer Milan Kundera, in his novel Slowness, says paradoxically, The man hunched over his motorcycle can focus only on the present instant of his flight. He is caught in a fragment of time cut off from both the past and the future. He is wrenched from the continuity of time. He is outside time. In other words, he is in a state of ecstasy. In that state, he is unaware of his age, his wife, his children, his worries, and so he has no fear, because the source of fear is in the future, and a person freed of the future has nothing to fear. But we know those experiences from the future are just around the corner. They're coming, as the paddler says. From Orono, Maine, here's to these fine long summer days.